You're listening to the North Peace Roundtable Podcast, your weekly podcast about theology and the Christian life. It is weekly, two weeks in a row. Is it? Were <laughs> yeah. we there last week? We were there last week. Right on. <laughs> we're on a roll. Talking about mental health last week. That's right. Uh, thanks for tuning in. My name is Andrew, and with me as always is Cameron. Good morning, everyone. And yeah, this is episode 128. Wow. And we're just cruising along. We have a few uh, questions left over from last week. But first, Cameron, how's your week been? It's been uh, full. You had um, like a speed skating <clears throat> Yeah, thing. so we're volunteering with speed skating last weekend. And they had a national long track competition, which is pretty... It was exciting to watch some of those skaters. They were... Um, yeah, we came and watched three races or something. It was like... These are teenagers. Yeah. And man, oh man, they're fast. (laughs) So the the world record is uh, 33.6 seconds for a 500 meter. That's just over a lap. Yeah. And one of those kids did it in 38. So he's five seconds off. From a world record. The fastest human being on the planet. (laughs) I was telling Molly, I'm like, do you think if I put a pair of skates on, do you think, I mean, could I? Do you think I could beat some of these kids? It was like, no, of course you couldn't. I'm like, I bet if I just gave her... (laughs) Maybe the slowest one because they do have a, uh, you know, it goes from top rank to the bottom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One thing, um, we have a bunch of skaters in Calgary from Fort St. John and one came in 14th, but the difference from him in the first place was like one second. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so it's, you know. Yeah, my kids were saying like, how fast is a millisecond? So I was trying to explain what's one tenth of a second. So Ruby was like. Uh, like this, uh, it's like this. I'm like, no, faster. Because right. some, of, I think, one of the races, it was like forty point three L and then forty point one or whatever. It's like, or sometimes it's like zero one three sheesh. zero two three. So it's one three is faster. You win, right? Yeah, yeah. So well, that's cool. Yeah, that was a full weekend, and then there's a. Uh, I think the final event is in March for a one day on a Saturday. How many? Uh, this is people are like this is not a speed skating podcast. Yeah. How many tracks like that are in Canada? Three. Okay, because Molly, yeah. Molly, as we were watching, was like, "Why is this here?" And I'm yeah. like, "I think there's only there's not many tracks like this in Canada." So okay, I said two. I, I said I think there's only two in Canada. But yeah, Montreal has an indoor and Calgary. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So and the rest are outdoor. Oh so, man. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, welcome to speed skating. 101. Yeah. Uh, Christian life. <laughs> yeah, Christian life. There were some Christians there. There <laughs> we go. Boom. <laughs> yeah. Something about like, I'll finish the race. I've kept the faith. It connects. Anyways. That's right. So uh, we have an interesting uh, question this morning. Uh, two. We'll see how far we get. Uh, but this question came out of a conversation I was having with a group of guys. And uh, I'll kind of give the conversation and then we'll dive in. But the, uh, the guy was talking about um, someone that he knew. And, uh, you know, they're, they're really devout followers of Jesus and they're Catholics and, uh, they really love Jesus and they go to the Catholic church. And then someone was like, wait a second, I'm having a hard time following that. Cause isn't the Catholic church, like, don't, doesn't the Catholic church teach some like pretty messed up stuff? Like are, do they teach the same kind of salvation that we have? And it was just this question of could, are there like sincere born again followers of Jesus who are Catholics. And if they are sincere born again followers of Jesus, how, why would you stay in a church that maybe teaches things that 
aren't taught in the Bible? And I went, oh, that's a really interesting question, right? Because I did they have examples though of like what they believe that's taught in the Bible or not taught in the Bible? Yeah, so we'll dive into yeah. that. I think that's probably first because I think lots of people listening would be like, I don't, I don't even know the difference yeah. between Catholic and Protestant, yeah. like, right? Because that's like, so we'll go back in time a little bit, and because yeah, that's the question: is it like, oh, I, don't they just like pray to Mary? Isn't that one of the weird things? But is that, is that a salvation thing or right. stuff like that? So, the big um, uh, schism came right in in the 1500s. I think it was 1517, Martin Luther nails his 95 theses to the door of the church. And basically in that day and age, the Catholic church was very corrupt. Um, They would sell indulgences, which were basically like you could pay the church money to guarantee. Okay, so grandma died. I'm going to go and pay the church. And then the church says, now you just paid your grandma's way into heaven, essentially, and you could pay off sins and things like that mm-hmm. and uh you know the 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 pope uh was very like the whole thing was corrupt essentially and so martin luther was like no this is bad and uh in that day and age uh it was like only the priests are allowed to read the bible and tell you what to believe and you don't read the bible for yourself and salvation is you know by you paying indulgences and doing stuff like that so he uh had these 95 arguments uh, about the Catholic Church, and that kind of caused the Reformation, this big split. And the big thing that the Reformation or the Reformers taught was, they, they call it the five solas, which is like um, we are saved by uh, grace alone, uh, through faith alone, in Christ alone, uh, according to the word, according to Scripture alone, to the glory of God alone, basically. Mm-hmm. And so they kind of said, that's what we're about. Salvation is by grace, through faith, in Christ, according to Scripture, for God's glory. And that's where we get Protestant and Catholic. Um, so 500 years later, it's kind of like, what are the main differences um, uh, between Catholics and Protestants, essentially. Um, so the, one of the big things is that the Catholic Church has their Pope. And the problem with that is that the Pope, whatever he says, is kind of seen as infallible as well as Scripture. Mm-hmm. So it's like, so depending on, like they, they would say the, the Pope is the representation of Jesus on the earth, right? So he, whatever he says... It's on par with scripture. So I don't know if you follow uh, Catholic news, but even like it was a few weeks ago, maybe a month ago, the uh, the Pope said, we're actually going to now bless same-sex marriages. And he said, so take that. So they won't do them. No, them. but we'll bless them. Yeah. So then it's kind of like, well, there's that's, that's directly from Jesus because mm-hmm. the Pope is the representative. And then you kind of go, well, then compare that to what the Bible says. Well, Seems like the Bible is saying uh, marriage that is blessed is between one man and one woman, not two men or two women. So you go, well, there's a contradiction here now. The Pope is saying, like, this is from God. We're blessing this now. So that's just one example. But then throughout history, there's been different popes that have said different things that sometimes they contradict each other and they're like, wait a second. So if you're, that's one huge issue. Yeah. That the Pope's kind of like the pastor of a non-denominational church with no board. (laughs) Sure. And then saying whatever that pastor says, that is literally what God has said. And it's kind of like, 
because yeah. I remember there it was a few popes ago, uh, John Paul, whatever. Someone asked him, and he basically made a guarantee that other faiths will be in heaven as well. Uh, the idea of like my 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 daughter's a Buddhist, will she make it? And he basically said like, you know, as long as their heart's pure and low. Which again is like that's directly against what Scripture teaches. So, the Pope is a huge issue, right? Um, and then uh, one of the huge differences, because you can get into okay, they they pray to different saints, they pray to Mary, they have a, a you know a view of Mary as being sinless. She's the Queen of Heaven, and you can pray to her. Okay, okay. Oh, you go. I don't think biblically that's. Mm-hmm. But is that a salvation issue? Maybe not. It's it's not true. But then one of the big things is that their view of salvation is, yes, we're saved by Jesus, by his life, death, and resurrection. But then there's also works that you can do to kind of guarantee, mm-hmm. right? You got to pray the rosary. You got to go to confession and confess to a priest. You have to go to mass on and on and on. And those are kind of things that it would be like us saying in order for you to actually be saved, you have to come to church on Sunday. Mm -hmm. That's a guarantee of your salvation. Or you have to come and confess your sins to Andrew, which I don't want that. Uh, And you have to be, you know, baptized as an infant in the Catholic church. There's all of these extra things that lots of Protestants are like. "Mm." I think they just made their sacraments holy. And it's like, because I, I, I've really struggled with that also because I, I once had a gifted professor in a theological mm. seminary who grew up Catholic and he kind of laid that out too with some good questions and the dialogue was interesting and that whole the Pope thing was quite interesting to think about. That's why I joked about like the, the pastor of a non-denominational <laughs> church because in his, again, he, he laid it out for a layman. He said, you know, the papal authority and the one bishop rule originally was that kind of who was closest to the Peter. Yes, you know, and, sure. And that person became, when Peter died, like, okay, well, I was closest to him and he was closest to Jesus. So yeah, it kept okay. going through history like that where someone would raise up, not necessarily, they're, they're not Jesus, but I'm the I'm the closest because I would spend as much time as like the Like proximity-wise, I was, sure. <laughs> yeah, so through osmosis, you're the closest to Jesus, right? <laughs> Which is kind of funny because I think in the church today we view pastors like that. Oh, and sure. we've said before, like, well, they're they're quite holy. They're probably near sinless. They probably never struggle like that because they're so close to Jesus all the time. <laughs> Which was interesting. I'm like, well, if that is what people believe about their pope or their bishop and they don't idolize or spiritualize that person, it's weird. The, the, the dress is odd. The, the titles are odd, but... If that is truly what they think, then I don't necessarily see a massive red flag in that. Hmm. I think it's interesting how Protestants and Christians have made the same mistakes over time because I can see how Catholics, they, like you said, all of their sacraments are if you don't do that, you're not getting in. Mm -hmm. And we kind of have that works faith struggle also where our road to sanctification or, or our life of repentance could look like systematic actions, but the... Reformation did create this kind of idea that spun the other pendulum where it's like, I don't need anyone. It's just me and my prayer closet and Jesus. And those are the two polar opposites that I think are both, they're both uh, really challenging ways to live because we would argue that yes, coming to church does not make you saved, but it's sure going to (laughs) help. 
<laughs> just in the sense of your own growth and, and, and sanctification and, and being exposed to other believers. But yeah, that is a problem as soon as we say um, you must or, or, or it's not going to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or we swing the other way and say, "There's no, you don't have to become a body, a part of the body of believers, and and you're still going to be fine." I'm like, I don't know if we do that or we say that, but we often insinuate like you can't do it alone. Yes, but yeah, that's just it, there's just two parallels that are quite interesting with both harmful. I think. Sure. Yeah, I think there was a lot of good, obviously, that came out of the Reformation, um, and again, like that was their that was their main thing. What is salvation? Salvation is by grace alone, through faith alone, mm-hmm. in Christ alone. That's the bit, that was the big thing, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, cause the Catholic church, like the, yeah, the Catholic church today obviously doesn't sell indulgences anymore. And they're not saying like, pay your way into heaven. Uh, cause that stopped. Cause yeah. they were like, this is super corrupt. Unless but, their Pope is or their bishops writing books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Buy my book. <laughs> but it's a little, it's a little less subtle. Yeah. So I, but I think there's still, yeah, uh, there's this view in the Catholic church that it, it is, you know, Jesus plus other things that you can do, which I would go, it's just, that's just biblically not true. Right. Um, some of the other things like, yeah, okay. People come to me and confess stuff to me. Uh, and I'm very clear that like, I never say like, you are forgiven my child. I don't have authority right to say or to say like here's what you need to do pray the rosary eight times or blah 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 blah, all these kind of things but which i which i worry that in the catholic church it is that the priest i have the authority your sins are forgiven my child Mm -hmm. and now do this in order to be forgiven and it's kind of like yeah lots of people come and hey andrew i gotta you know this happened and they're confessing sin Mm -hmm. but i'm like well let's pray and you confess that to jesus because he's the mediator not me so i (laughs) So I guess a big question is like if someone is Catholic and they do all of those things, but it starts with yes, Jesus and those things. So are they saved because of the yes, Jesus? And they're spending a lot of time yeah. wasting time with the and all of these things. Yeah. Because I think of uh, when I <clears throat> worked in addiction after uh, and there was, you know, people going through the 12 step program, there would be step five where confess your sins to another person sure uh walk through that because the bible instructs that you actually have to confess yeah uh but the end result was not now you're forgiven but it's like now it seems as though you are uh surrendering your flesh to what's been prescribed in scripture Hmm. but it's very much you have to be very careful like if someone comes and they're like hey man i gotta get something off my chest because we all have accountability partners yep i have to share what i'm struggling with as long as it's not met with like now like how do we say that right like now you're forgiven but i think of a person i'm walking with it's like i bet that feels good right like and and i think you're you're worshiping god and being obedient to Mm -hmm. sharing but i think the biggest issue with that is it's just so prescriptive and restrictive in the way like because it's all the the or else that's not talked about like if you don't do that you're you could lose your salvation like i'm not sure where they sit in that world. But yep. I almost feel like for those I've met that do profess Christ crucified, mm-hmm. like it's like, okay, you believe that? Yeah, now I'm doing all of these things to ensure it. Then I almost feel like more empathy towards that. Like, don't you realize that yep. that's all fine and well, but it's not entirely necessary. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I guess it goes. It boils down to like, what is a uh, an essential doctrine, and what's not essential, mm-hmm. right? There's a lot of like the liturgy and the order and stuff that I'm like. So, for instance, like you know, the Lutheran Church or the Anglican Church, and not the ones that like went crazy. And I'm like the ones that are still. Uh, uh, yeah, they, they do things differently, but I would still say, I, I believe that you're brothers and sisters in Christ because on the essential stuff, we agree. So like, for instance, my brother-in-law, Sam, um, this was a while ago. They attended a Lutheran church for a while uh, down in, you know, the lower mainland uh, because he just really enjoyed the like the liturgy and the structure and the reverence. He said, a lot of churches I go to, there's just like no reverence for, right. it's just chaos. Right. Yeah. And, uh, they ended up not staying for a while cause their kids were like, we're dying. This yeah. is awful. <laughs> but for a while he said, like he said, like some, some weeks I would just have tears in my eyes about how like, quote, like holy and we ordered. And yeah. Formal. And ordered. Yeah. And, and that's Sam. Like he's sure. very ordered and structured and, and so I'm like, yeah, if that's all it is, if it's just you appreciate the liturgy and then that's great. Because as far, yeah, the Lutheran church has some differing ideas about baptism and communion, but I go, but they're not like changing some essential mm-hmm. foundational stuff. So um, maybe there's people in the Catholic church who really appreciate their the structure and the order. But then, yeah, the question is though, are are you changing really foundational things what we believe that because it would be the same as a church that uh you know the oneness pentecostals who say like no we're christians too we just don't believe in the trinity and we believe that jesus died for our sins and we believe salvation is through him alone and da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. then you go well is the trinity like an essential doctrine and i i would argue that it is if you don't believe in the trinity i don't think you can be a christian because mm-hmm. it kind of breaks down all sorts of stuff but there's an example of like, but they believe that Jesus died for our sins and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, well, I think that's a non-negotiable. So so could someone be a born-again believer going to a oneness Pentecost? Maybe, but you probably shouldn't stay there. Like right. you should probably come because they, right. they're just teaching things that aren't true. So it was interesting, like the, the debate of like, could there be born-again Christians in the Catholic Church? I think probably. Well, I who guess who, so, are, who yeah. maybe then, like, should I encourage them to to leave because they they teach salvation is Jesus plus works and and then it became this whole debate of like why do people stay at churches and yeah I'm like yeah I think it, I think it's really hard to leave a church and if your whole family goes there and blah 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 and so that's what I was thinking about last night I was reading this um, book <clears throat> and it's. Um, an introduction to eschatology, historical, global, and interreligious perspectives. And <laughs> what a nerd! I know. <laughs> only available on the, D- the DTL too. Um, but I talked about like <clears throat> this week. I have to present on Asian and, and uh, Latin American countries and their introduction to church and history. Yeah. And this uh, the Asian perspective was really quite interesting because it talked about Hinduism and people hmm. um, so culturally stuck like they cannot leave their culture for socioeconomic reasons for threat of arrest for uh threat of violence from their own family so this group of hindus 
uh, birthed out of this organization and started calling themselves non-baptized believers because they found <laughs> Christ, they found, uh, they learned of Christ crucified and the forgiveness of sins through grace alone, faith alone, and so they still call themselves Hindus, but they are playing on the semantics of, oh, Hinduism allows us to believe in any God, and so we believe in the God. <laughs> so in their family and in their culture, they're not getting baptized because that would be, that would really put them in a difficult, terrible position. And I think some of the ignorant side of us could be like, you should just leave. And it's like, you might, as a 15-year-old girl, not be able to leave. Like, huh. you might not be able to escape that way through that cultural umbrella that you're in. Yeah, interesting. And I found that really quite interesting because to say that that is, I don't know, to, you know, I could have all sorts of opinions and thoughts and challenges to that mm -hmm. idea. But then to argue it, all the way, I'd have to say that the God of the Bible can't find that person where they are and can't reveal himself to that person. And that theology, I think, would be far more dangerous because I think throughout Scripture, we see God finding and grabbing and, and choosing people despite what's going on around them. Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of exciting in a way, super challenging also because it doesn't fit to the mold of what we, the mold that we feel is most appropriate. Yeah. Well, even like I'm going to be vague with names and stuff just to like protect identities because, but anyways, a couple that I know just recently went to Africa to visit one of our missionaries in an African country. And this country is very closed to, so it's predominantly a Muslim country, very close to Christianity. So you can't just be outright like, I'm here to tell people about Jesus because you'll just either get deported or killed right so and jesus would be like why man yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> so they have to be very sneaky right if they want to uh, evangelize but while they were at, in this country they drove to another city and in this city of 120,000 people there's only one known christian mm. and it's this lady and they went and and met with her her to try and like encourage her but she's like as far as i know because we can't be open about it she's like i'm the only christian in this whole town so then it it's like how does this person faithfully you know follow jesus and have a um, community yeah, oh and like do i baptize myself because like i'm the only one here and now if i bapt if i publicly get baptized you're going to lose the only Christian in this town. Like, right. so, and I know that we can say things like, well, but, but Jesus told us to get baptized. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Right. But then there's, like you said, there's, or, you know, we in the West can say like, well, we're supposed to be, you know, unashamed of preaching that. Okay. Yeah, yeah sure. I, I get all that. But, but argue the baptism thing. Like, why did he say that? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, what was the point? And, I don't believe it would have ever been prescriptive if you were alone. Yeah. Like, what's the actual point? Well, yeah. And then there's, you know, there's stories of these Christians in Iran and Iraq who are very secretive and they're not, you know, being, well, they're being bold in different ways, but they're not like, I'm going to go street preach because they would just get shot immediately. Yeah. And so they're very, they're very secretive about how they express their Christianity and encourage one another and support one another. How did we, how did know. we get off the topic? But um. I think even circling back, like, um, I think that, um, 
The same could be true for someone in a very staunch Catholic family who, you know, for for one reason or another chooses to remain, but may have that, have accepted that gift of grace through faith and, and might go and, and, and I don't know, like, you, it's so hard to say, like, can a person find Jesus? It's actually, that that might be the wrong question. Well, yeah, and we're looking at people and judging, the, you're not actually saved then, which is super difficult to do, because, like, yeah. I, there's probably people in our church that aren't actually saved. So, like... Yeah. I actually think that, sorry, I, I think that I've respected um, faith traditions that are more ordered, because I think that human nature just is chaotic and, and we we would prefer you know non-ordered but that order reminds us of you know eh, it's super challenging but it, it can help us remind of what is important and what is holy and i think of course there's lines that are crossed like you know yes with the sacraments and with you know, in the sense of communion like this is the actual or sure no, it's kind of like it's kind of like that whole pope thing too like it wasn't actually the the blood and the body of Christ then, but for some reason, somewhere along the line, someone made it more than it is. Sure. And actually just distracted from the focus of what it's supposed to symbolize, yeah. right? Yeah, yep. Um, yeah, so I guess I would say there very well could be uh, people in the Catholic Church, because God can save whoever he wants, and for whatever reason, they haven't left, or they're in the process of leaving, or whatever, Right. But I would just say, uh, I think from my perspective, bottom line, I think the Catholic Church teaches things that go against like essential, foundational, biblical things. So if someone's like, so let's say the Catholic Church here said, um, hey, we want to partner with you and do a joint service. Mm -hmm. I would probably be like, no, I don't think we can because mm -hmm. I think you believe things that cross the line that we couldn't say we could partner together, yeah. but I wouldn't like only from the, the likely only from the point of um, <clears throat> if you're in the park and you're doing a joint service and someone comes up and like, what do I need to do to be saved? Your answer would be different. Sure. Than the, totally the, the priest or the, but yeah, we've partnered with like, and so the Catholic church isn't a part of our ministerial here right. because we have a certain, you know, you must, hold to the Nicene Creed and blah, 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 blah. And the Catholic Church said, I, I, we can't do that. Cause, yeah. So, but the Lutheran Church is in the ministerial and the Anglican Church and the, all these other churches, right? So that if the ministerial said, we're doing this event, we would go, yeah, we can partner with you. Mm -hmm. But again, there's a reason that the Catholic Church, hit the priest is not in our ministerial. And it's because they can't agree to certain things that we go, ooh, these are essentials though, right? Yeah. So again, you can't. I don't think you can blanket statement say every person who goes to the Catholic Church is not saved, because again, it's like who are we? But I would say, I I would find it hard to say like continue to go there as a born again believer, because I'm like I think they cross lines that we couldn't say ah it's fine those are non essential mm -hmm. but there's lots of reasons like you said there's family pressure there's it's really hard to leave a church maybe it takes time to yeah i get that like mm -hmm. so again to there's like grace extended to people as they're like okay we need you know we want you to believe the truth mm -hmm. and the whole truth like yeah anyways and not be weighted down by all of the the things that are just not true and it's too bad it's really too bad because all of those other things are helpful sure but they're just not the 
test of your salvation. Yes, totally. Yeah. So there you go. I think we'll leave it at that. We're almost at half an hour. Um, but yeah, hopefully that's been interesting at least, or maybe you've thought those same things like, uh, but really good questions. Um, so as always, if you, uh, have questions for us, you can email me or text me or message me and, uh, we'll, we'd love to talk about them on here. Episode 128. And we'll talk to you next time.